with us in this series. Don't worry, you're not going to be lost. Um, I, I want you to understand this. We've been talking about this each week, that we know, we, we just know that we all fall and in life, and we all fail in life. I do too. We all fall, we all fail, but here's the question. I grew up, and how far can I question? And it was this, how far is too far? You know, In other words, I'm asking, how far can I go without sinning? How close to the line? So I was like, I, I want to know where the sin line is. Let me know, God, where the sin line is. I, don't, I know I don't need to cross it, but I want to get as close to it as I can. Didn't want to miss out on any fun, right? Where's that line? How close can I get to it without crossing it? And then it led to ask questions like this. Well, uh, is this allowed? Is this behavior, this activity, is it allowed? Um, or is there a verse in the Bible that tells me I can't do that? So I'm looking for that. I also was wondering, well, have I ever heard my pastor, as I was growing up, have I ever heard my pastor preach against something, saying, no, 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 you can't do this, can't do this, can't do this? So I was looking for all of the answers to those questions, but the reality is those questions, as we have said every week of this series, they walk us closer one step at a time, one question at a time, closer to that sin line. And then, if you're anything like me, I ended up living on that line, on the sin line, which means my life was on the line. And we gave a, kind of an analogy. It's like climbing a, a telephone pole, an electric pole. It's like climbing one of those poles with no safety harness. It's like here, there's a safety harness available, but we're not using it, right? It's like, how, how high can I get? How far can I get up there and experience life, right, before I fall? Because we know we're going to fall. So how high can I go and how far can I go? But... God has provided us a safety harness because we know we are going to fall. We know we are going to fail, so why not use the harness? Because that would keep us from falling so far and from falling so hard, right? It would keep us from destroying our own lives, and it might just keep us from destroying the people that we love, from destroying their lives. Right? So why not use it? And so we've been using this one passage of Scripture as a springboard every week. So let me read it again this week very quickly. This passage for this series out of Ephesians chapter 5. And here's what uh, Paul has to say. He says, so be careful how you live. And we said, now that word careful means a whole lot more than just be cautious. The depth of that word out of the Greek language, it means to look all around you to look very closely, to compare things, to look at all of your surroundings. So we said this, here's what this means for us in everyday practical life. As we're looking all around us, be careful how you live. Make sure the first place you look is your past. Your past experience can tell you if something is wise for you today or not because of what has happened to you in the past because of decisions you've made in the past. So we said, make sure as you're looking all around you that you look at your past. And then we said, now as you're looking all around you, look at your current situation before you make a decision. Not just your past, but your current situation. What is happening in your life right now? And then we said, 
now we need to look forward. If we're going to look all around and be very careful how we live, let's also look forward. Let's look at our future hopes and dreams. And let's ask ourselves, if I, in light of my past experience, my current situation, and my future hopes and dreams, is this the wise thing to do? So that's where we were going with this series. So here's what Paul says. He says, so be careful how you live. He says, don't live like the fools, but like those who are wise. Now, notice he didn't say I was wise. He said, just live like them. Because <laughs> if you live like them, guess what? You become them. Don't live like the fools. You're going to become a fool. Live like the wise. You'll become wise. Make the most of every opportunity, he says, in these evil days. And then in verse 17, he says, now don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So, we, if you're anything like me, have been asking, how close to the sin line can I get without crossing over? Paul is saying, no, 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 no. That's living like the fools. We need to ask a new question if we're going to live like the wise, a new question. And so we said, for this series, we said this should be the new question we begin to ask in our life. In light of my past experience, in my current situation, in my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? So, that's living like the wise. Now, if we choose to live like the wise, I just wonder what might the result of living like the wise be? If you would simply take a survey, just look through the book of Proverbs and just kind of look and see well, what happens. Look anywhere that there's something about wisdom and say, what, what is going to happen? You're going to find some things, very interesting things, about that wise person. And you can be that person. All you got to do is live like that and you will become that. So according to the book of Proverbs, here are just, uh, just a sample of some of the things that happen. The, the Bible says in the Proverbs that if you live like the wise, you will make good decisions. Boy, that would sure help when I look back at some of the bonehead decisions I've made in my life. Man, that would help. I, you'll make good decisions. It says you'll also be attractive to others. Now, I have no idea. I don't think that's talking about physically, but goodness. <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe we need to go be wise, and suddenly we might be like a, a model. I don't know, but it, certainly your life will be attractive to others. They'll be looking at you and saying, man, I wish I could be like that right? It also says that you will become persuasive, meaning you will be, begin leading people and guiding people. It also says that you will be sought after by other people who are in power and who have influence if you're living a life of wisdom. This is all coming out of the book of Proverbs. It says that you will ultimately yourself rise to a position of power and then it also says you will also, from that position of power, you will be a good counselor, a good advisor. Interesting. All because you're living like those who are wise. That's just a sample. But you know, we don't have to live like those who are wise. We have some options. We don't have to be wise. We don't have to walk wisely. In fact, most of us here this morning, we know in our life, there have been many moments we did not walk out of wisdom. We know this. We understand this. We carry the scars because of it. We don't have to walk wisely. 
We can choose to walk away from wisdom. We can ask the question, in light of my past experience, what's the wise thing to do? And we can realize that because of this past experience, I really don't need to say yes to this opportunity, but we can say yes anyway, can't we? And we can walk away from wisdom. In light of my current situation, right now you might be saying, oh my goodness, my current situation, I'm, uh, I'm kind of chasing after a craving that I'm having, so it would be unwise for me to say yes to this because I know I'm having that craving right now. But you can go ahead and pursue that craving and be unwise. You can run away from wisdom. We can ask the question, in light of my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? And we can know that we want to head that direction, but we're going to go this way, and we can make a decision to run away from that. And we know that's the wise place, that's where I need to be, but I'm going to run this way. And guess what? What we talked about last week, we will end up in that direction we begin running every time. We can run away from wisdom. We don't have to choose wisdom. We can walk away from it. So there are two really main additional options that we have. Here's the first option. Well, the first one, obviously, we're saying is wisdom. But there are two other options. Option, uh, the other option, number one, here it is. We could be the fool. It is, it is a choice that we can make. The Bible tells us, uh, the wisdom writer in Proverbs 26, he says this. A proverb, or you can say wisdom, A proverb in the mouth of, or wisdom in the mouth of a fool, is as useless as a paralyzed leg. In other words, it does you no good. You have it, it's there, but it's not functioning at all. It doesn't matter what wisdom comes out of your mouth. It doesn't matter what you post on Facebook. It doesn't matter what sayings you share. You grab that, share it on Instagram, grab that, share it on Facebook. None of that matters. How many times have you read a Facebook post by somebody and you're like saying, oh my word, if they would just do that, (laughs) if they would follow their own advice, their life would be better. But it's a train wreck as you look at it and you're like, oh my word, why? Because this verse says it. Wisdom in the mouth of a fool, wisdom in the fingers of a fool on Facebook is as useless as a paralyzed leg. Does them no good. The Bible describes that person as, not the wise, as the fool. I've been there. Most of us have. And in that state, if we choose to be a fool, here's what we're choosing. We know right from wrong, but we go ahead and choose wrong. In light of my past experience, I know, I know that I should say no to some opportunities or yes to some opportunities, but in light of that, but I choose to do it wrong anyway. I I recognize that, but I choose to do it wrong. In light of my current situation, I recognize that, but guess what? I choose to do it wrong anyway. In light of my future hopes and dreams, I know that I need to head this way and it wouldn't be good if this is going to be going the other way. I know that, but I do it anyway. The Bible describes that person not as the wise. They describe them as the fool. When I have acted foolishly, a lot of times for me, I have acted out of my immediate desires. Something flies into my mind, and I let it fly right out of my mouth. (laughs) Immediate. Immediate desires, immediate feelings. When I've acted like a fool, I have done what I felt like doing 
when I wanted to do it, how I wanted to do it. It's kind of like I've just gone with the emotional flow. Have you been there too? We do what we want if we're being foolish regardless of the consequences. We recognize, yes, there will be negative consequences, but we do it anyway. And certainly we look at that and we say, yes, 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 Harley, that is foolish. But we do it anyway. Mm, It is a tough place, right? We don't listen to instruction. Someone can tell us, no, 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 you do that. Here's the negative consequence. Please, please, please don't. But we do it anyway. Because we want to. We won't listen to instruction, you know, a lot of times because we already know, right? How many times have you been in a work situation or maybe even just in life? Maybe you're talking to your kids or a friend or spouse or somebody, just someone you know, someone you love, someone you care for, and you're talking to them and you say, listen, you know, don't do that. Do it this way. And and some of the first words out of their mouth, maybe even before you finish speaking, is this. Yeah, I know. Does that drive you nuts? When your kids do that too. Yeah, I know. Do they, do, do they really know? I, I was taught that to know and not to do means you really don't know. But the first thing out of that, yeah, I know, yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah I got it. I know. And they kind of cut you off, right? Yeah, they know. Because they, they I, I don't know. I've done it too. But that's the fool. I've been there. I've done it. The fool already knows. They're just not doing it. They're going to choose to do it the way they want to do it anyway, regardless of the consequences. Just look through the book of Proverbs. Look through that book of wisdom. And just look everywhere you see the word fool or someone described as a fool. Just look at what happens to that person, the fool. And it is not good. I encourage you to do that, to go look that up. It's not good. But we don't have to be wise. We don't. We have the option to be a fool. We can ignore wisdom. We can ignore doing the wise thing. We can ignore wise advice. And we can choose to be a fool. But here's the thing, if we choose to be a fool, we're not going to stay a fool for long because there's another option, (laughs) and it progresses. It doesn't get better. The next option, maybe we're a fool for a while, but the next one, if we hang in there for long, if we, yeah, I know, yeah, I know, yeah, I know, for long, option two is the scoffer, also described in the wisdom book as the mocker, also described as the wicked fool. It progresses. See, the wicked fool, the mocker, the scoffer, they also know the difference between right and wrong. And they also, like the fool, choose to do the wrong thing, but they take it a step further. They begin to criticize the wise. They begin to refuse to worship and refuse to look into God's Word and Bible study. They, they began to, to look for opportunities to make fun of the people and the person who is looking into God's Word for guidance and is worshiping. 
The scoffer, the mocker, the wicked fool is very arrogant. Probably smart-mouthed, too, and very condescending. And they ridicule others who are trying to do what is right. But it doesn't just stop with mocking that person who's trying to do what's right. You know what else they do? They begin to mock God as well. The wisdom writer says in Proverbs 12, verse 1, he says this, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. And you could describe that person as a wise person. But then he says, but the one who hates correction, this is a harsh word. In my house growing up, my kids knew this was the S word. We didn't say this word. (laughs) For us, in my house, that was the S word. But the wisdom writer says the one who hates correction is stupid. That's what he said. Those aren't my words. He says they're stupid. The ones who hate correction. And he's describing the mocker, the scoffer, the wicked fool. They begin to distance themselves from wisdom, not because they're taking steps back, but they're pushing wisdom away. They're forcing wisdom away with their words and their behaviors and their attitudes. And what happens, wisdom gets so far away from them that when they do crash, and they certainly have on no safety harness, when they do crash, When they need wisdom the most, the book of Proverbs actually says when they need it, and that moment they are trying to find it, the scoffer, the mocker, the wicked fool has pushed it so far away that even when they want to find it, and they're trying to find it, they cannot find it. They've gone too far. They have distanced themselves so far, they, the book of Proverbs says, they will not find it. Wisdom, it is nowhere to be found for them. The writer goes on to say in Proverbs 21, Mockers are proud and they are haughty. And they act with boundless arrogance. They thought they were too smart to crash. They thought they could climb as high as they wanted and they would never fall. Boundless arrogance. Oh, what a dangerous place to be in life. You want to see some scary things about living? Look in through the book of Proverbs. Everywhere it talks about a mocker, a scoffer, the wicked fool. Look at Proverbs and see how their lives end up. And it's scary. Powerfully scary. You see, wisdom in life doesn't just jump on you. It doesn't just land on you. Wisdom in life, you must chase it down. And all of wisdom has a starting place. And this starting place cannot be skipped. Someone who skips this and you think they're wise, they're not wise. They're just maybe a little street smart. They're not wise. Wisdom has the same starting place for everybody. Cannot be skipped. True wisdom always begins with the recognition of who God is. And the Bible describes it 
pretty clearly. The wisdom writer says in Proverbs 9, he says, fear of the Lord, it's the foundation of wisdom. It's for everybody. Fear of the Lord, that's where it begins. Then he goes on and describes it as the knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. How do we get knowledge of the Holy One? We must chase it down. It's not going to land on you. We have to chase it down. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. In other words, we must get to the place in our lives where we say this, God, you are God and I am not. We must get to the place where we say, not only are you God, but you are the teacher and I am the student. And then we get to the place where we say this, not only that, not only are you a God and I'm not, you're the teacher, I'm the student, but we say this, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. I'm surrendering it all to you. I'm surrendering every bit of it to you. I don't even know what you might ask of me, but I'm telling you right now, the answer is yes. That is the pathway to wisdom. So if the fear of the Lord is the foundation for wisdom, and if knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment, which all of that to say, if I need to look at God and say, you are God and I am not, you are the teacher, God, and I am your student, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. I give you an answer of yes right now, I surrender all. Who are we surrendering to? If that is the foundation of all of wisdom, then let's listen just a moment at one man's description of who this God, this Jesus is. Watch your screens. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him. My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the 
of the Holy One results in good judgment. You are God. I am not. You are the teacher. I am the student. You tell me what to do, and I'll do it. I surrender all. You see, God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. We can trust an all-knowing God. He's all-powerful. We can trust an all-powerful God. He's got perfect love. We can trust that. He is a heavenly Father who by His very nature and His position deserves our loyalty and He deserves our submission. And wisdom begins when we say yes to God before God, I say yes in advance. What he's asking of us. We say, God, I say yes in advance before I even know. And I pray that each one of us will hunger to walk wisely in our lives. You know, doing the wise thing, it's going to make us different. Other people around you at work, maybe even in your own family, other people are not going to understand when you begin consistently choosing the wise thing. But here's the reality. We don't have to justify our decisions. We just have to do the wise thing. It's okay if they don't understand. If you will just learn this simple phrase. The phrase is this. For me, that just isn't the wise thing to do. For me, that, that just isn't the wise thing to do. How can they argue with that? For me, that just isn't the wise thing to do. And today, I, I hope as you walk down the hallway that you will pick up week number five off the line on your left as you see it in the hallway. Grab that. Take that next step with you. 
Do that this week. There's a very specific next step on it. I hope you'll do that. And the timing for that step is just perfect because we're at the end of the month right now. Will you take that step with us this week? And then here's what I'm asking. Will you then come back? Next week we begin a brand new series. And it's about this. It's out of the darkness and under the light. And the potential, once again, the potential for God's Word and the Holy Spirit to transform your life and my life. The potential is enormous. I pray that you'll be here and have that person that you love sitting beside you, that person you care about, so that we can embark on this new series together. Let's pray. God, we're learning, we're trying to learn how to submit to you. The foundation of wisdom, Father, is submitting to you. As we begin to seek you and your ways, may that result, that knowledge, may it guide us toward good judgment. God, many of us this morning are desiring, individually declaring that you are God and I am not. We're shouting to you from our hearts that you are teacher and we are students. And many of us are saying to you, Jesus, tell me what to do and I will do it. Jesus, more of you, less of me. I surrender all. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen.